We're finally doing Red River. That was the opening music to Red River, released in 1948 and starring John Wayne and Montgomery Cliff and Joanne Drew and others, lots of others, and lots and Walt, lots of cattle. Walter Brennan. Walter yeah, Brennan. Walter, Walter Brennan, yeah. Can't forget Walter Brennan. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and 40,000 cows. So you're listening to Classic Movie Reviews and... You can find us on the internet at www.classicmoviereviews.net or in iTunes or Facebook, just search for Classic Movie Reviews. You can find us there and you can subscribe to our podcast. And if you get a chance and want to give us some a rating in iTunes, that would be awesome. It helps uh, spread the word. And I'm Matt Johnson and I'm coming to you from the Seattle area today where it's sunny and partly blue skies. I'm not going to say partly cloudy, partly blue skies. And I'm Bob Johnson uh, in Los Angeles, welcoming you all back to Classic Movie Reviews. The uh, the Red River director, Howard Hawks, had a long and distinguished career. Um, we earlier, in one of our podcasts, reviewed uh, The Thing from Another World that he directed in 1951. But he did so many different movies, The Big Sleep from 1945 and then a later version the next year, and To Have and Have Not, where Humphrey Bogart and Lauren McCall were teamed up for the first time, fell in love, got married, and the rest is history. That's right. He did the thing. I was, I, why didn't I make that connection earlier? I didn't do my research. Yeah, this is, a, this is such a, a fun movie. It's like a really big adventure movie. Did you see this in the theaters when you were younger? I never have seen it in the theater, no. I never uh-huh. have. I've always just seen it on TV. And it gives the feeling, even on television, of, of being a big movie. The outdoors, all those cattle, either Texas or wherever they may have filmed it in Oklahoma or Texas. And isn't the music great? Yeah, the music is a lot of fun. It does a good Dimitri, job of supporting the, the story. Dimitri Tiamkin, who did so many so many films for the music for them yeah kind of it's amazing to me that somebody can make so much music for for films like john williams you know it's like yes they're they're almost like a machine they're just cranking out these uh scores but they're all you know it's not like canned it's it's it really fits the movie it's good we went to this uh 100th birthday celebration for frank sinatra and one of the writers for him was nelson riddle and I guess he wrote a couple of songs while his wife drove drove him to the studio for the recording. <laughs> he was right. He was writing the songs in his car. Wow. <laughs> uh, well, this movie was distributed by United Artists and uh, was very financially successful. Had a budget of two point seven million and made over nine million in in the box office. So in today's dollars and with uh, all the showings that it's had, I'm sure it's much greater than that. I love this movie. Everything about it is just fun to watch. It's got a straight-ahead story. It's got good guys, bad guys. 
tension. Wow. Yeah, it even it starts off with a bang because uh, the first scene that we get is this wagon train, and uh, Thomas Dunst- Dunson is played by John Wayne decides that he's not gonna go with the wagon train. He's gonna head south to Texas. What's wrong, Campbell? We have three hours yet to stop. Dunson here says he's leaving the train. Is that right, Dunson? Are you leaving? I am. You can't do that. You signed on. You agreed to I the... signed nothing. If I had, I'd stay. You'll remember I joined your train after you left St. Louis. Wait a minute, Dunson. You know this is Indian country. You might be walking right into trouble. For two days past, and this day, we've seen smoke and signs. Yeah, we know that. They're around somewhere. I can feel them. As far as you're concerned, the Comanches are welcome to you. But not to your bull and your cows. We need the beginnings of herds in California. You're right about one thing. The beginning of herds. But I'm starting my own herd. I watched the land south of here since we left the Salt Fork. It's good land, good grass for beef. So I'm going south where it is. Now look, Dunson, you're too good a gun for me to let you leave the train now. And I'm too good a gun for you to argue with. I would say that was a really, really good decision on his part. Wouldn't you? Yeah, because later that, was it later that day or like a day later or something, they see a huge fire off in the distance and they figure it must be uh, the Indians attacking the wagon train. And sure enough, it was, and they were then later attacked that same evening by some of the Indians that had seen them, resulting in a large battle. Yeah, that was a great scene where they're wrestling around in the river, and the 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 Native Americans in this film are just like cardboard characters. You don't really get to know yes. any of them. There's one that is part of kind of the the ranch that goes along with the with them as they drive the cattle along that trail but other than than that one individual they I were just basically stand-ins for somebody to shoot at and and cause trouble i think his real name was chief sky eagle he's the one that uh won walter brennan's false teeth in the poker game right 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 that was hilarious <laughs> Uh, I think that's who that was, although there were some other uh, people. But for 1948, it, it's got that cultural flavor where it, the, uh, the Native Americans are portrayed in a very limited way, that's for sure. Yeah. But then we find out uh, that there was one survivor from that attack, Matt Garth, played by Montgomery Clift. Well, actually, the younger version of him is uh, played by Mickey Coon. But then... He goes off to fight in the war and comes back all grown up, and that's uh, played. That character in that stage of his life is played by Montgomery Clift, and that's who we kind of get to know throughout the rest of the film because uh, Thomas Dunson sort of uh, adopts him. Yeah, Montgomery Clift. He was what an outstanding actor. He um, again, if you ever get a chance, uh, we should do uh, Judgment at Nuremberg which uh, he plays a part in and is excellent, along with Judy Garland. His career was uh, long and successful, but he was troubled with all kinds of issues. Uh, He almost died in a car wreck one time. That's right. Yeah, we talked about that when we watched uh, From Here to Eternity. I had the same experience watching this film as I did with that one. Every time he was on screen, I was just like riveted. I I know. He's an incredible actor. He's just got he, such a presence. He, uh, re- when I see uh, his uh, characters on film, and when I see James Dean's characters and Jack Nicholson, they all just 
I, I get hip, hypnotized by the quality of how they act. They're just so yeah. There's just so certain, good. Certain actors that just they just command your attention when they're on screen. He's one of them, and so is John Wayne. So we get both John Wayne and Montgomery Cliff together, and <laughs> that's a powerhouse combination. I was looking at some of the character names in the film. I love I love some of the the names. John Ireland was Cherry Valance. Yeah, <laughs> the gunslinger. And then there's another guy, his his only name in the movie, Tom Tyler played the part. His only name in the movie is Quitter. <laughs> quitter. He's the guy. Oh, right. He's to, a quitter, right. <laughs> he wants to go. And if you think back to Stagecoach, the, I think that was our first podcast, he plays that bad guy that at the end of the film has the gunfight with John Wayne. Oh, right. Oh, So he's yeah. always the quitter. The quitter. <laughs> yeah, right. Then we've got uh, Buster McGee. Dan Latimer, oh, I tell you, Sims Reeves. I mean, these names are great. Nadine Groot. <laughs> oh, I missed that. Well, that's uh, Walter oh, Brennan's yeah, that's, character, that's Walter, Groot, yeah. which you is funny because that's a that's a character name from Guardians of the Galaxy. Groot was played by that that walking tree. <laughs> I forgot his first name was Nadine. Yeah, Walter Brennan. He won three Academy Awards. Really? I think I think in three. Consecutive years, I believe that's true. Wow, I'll, I'll have to look it up. He's a character in this film, that's for sure. Man, he <laughs> he he'd had it with uh, Thomas Dunson by the end of the the cattle drive. He really had. Well, the whole premise of the film is that following, I guess, the Civil War, the cattle market in the North and the East was very depressed, and so Thomas Dunston and I think they had their uh, ranch in Texas, a huge place. Uh, had to figure out a way to get all this cattle to the market because he he was broke. The Civil War uh, just financially drained him of his money. So he rounds up all the cattle from all the other ranchers in the area, and they take on this drive, I think, of 10,000 head. It was like ten or 14,000. It was a huge, huge, huge amount. amount of cattle, yeah. And he had frontier justice on the mind when a couple of the other cattle rancher owners said, well, you've got some of our cattle in there. And, and I think Wayne, I paraphrase his comment, was, I don't have time to sort this out. Let him go. Ah! Hey, Matt, it's a Diego. Let him go. Let him go. Turn him loose. Hold it. Put a brand on him. It's a Meeker steer. I said branding. He's wearing a Meeker iron. I can't see it. Brand him. All right, but the next one up's another Diego. Brand him. Put the iron on all of them, Keeler. Anything you see, slap it with a Red River D and burn it deep. Why not? You're going to wind up branding every rump in the state of Texas except mine. Hand me that iron, Keeler. You don't think I'd do it, do you? No, I don't. Matt, I'm going to Missouri with every steer, cow, and bull that I can lay my hands on. I think Meeker might be real pleased to see our brand on his stock. 
That I'll argue with Meeker. And now might be a good time. He's even got some people to back him up. I'll give you a fair share when we get back. Yeah, and, they, and the guy's like, like John Wayne. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're a lot bigger than me, and I've heard you've got a fast gun, so <laughs> welcome to it. And and, and they, they start off, off and oh, they start man. off and there's there's a everybody's volunteering, they're all wanting to go and you know, it's like everybody's sort of on board with it, and then it just progressively gets worse and worse and worse and the weather isn't cooperating and they're they're attacked by Indians and they don't know whether they should head uh sort of like northeast or northwest because there's this rumor that a train station and train line has opened up uh, in is it Nebraska? I forget. Uh, Omaha, I was, maybe. I think it was Omaha or Kansas. Uh, I'd have to. But but anyway, John I'll Wayne. I'll find it here. Yeah, Thomas Dunson wants to go with their original plan, and a bunch of the other guys and Matt Garth want to head out this other way to this new spur of the railroad, and that ends up causing a lot of tension between Thomas Dunson and Matt Garth, and. A bunch of the other cattlemen. Yeah, and, they're, they uh, got John Wayne tense. is John Wayne is uh, after that one guy decides to quit. I think he he goes with like three or four days without sleep because he's so paranoid that everybody's against him. Yes, he did a really good job in that role. And one of the things about John Wayne that I think was underappreciated, or is sometimes underappreciated, he was a much better actor than he's often given credit for. I thought he did a great job in this in this role. And I did find that they were going to Abilene, Kansas. Oh, Abilene, okay. And that was much closer than Sedalia, which I think is, I think that's in Missouri, but I'm not sure. Right, So they, but, but, but it was just rumors that there was this other uh, railroad, so it was kind of a risky move to, to, to do that. Uh, but it comes to a head when uh, Thomas Dunson is going to like hang these three guys. And he's really taken like frontier justice to the to the max here. I mean, he is the judge, jury, and executioner. Get on off them horses! I don't favor looking up to the likes of you. It's better. You should be crawling, Jerry. I sent you out after three of them. You brought back two. Bill Kelsey figured he'd rather fight. Made a good one of it for a while. Mm. All right, old Teeler. You signed on for the drive. You signed on to finish it. That's right, we did. You stole didn't... beans and flour and cartridges. Besides being deserters, you're common thieves. Well, the law might see it done. I'm the law. You're a thief. You too, Teeler. Anything more? I know what you're going to do to us, but first I want to tell you something. Go ahead. You're crazy. You've been drinking and you ain't been sleeping. If you ain't crazy, you're skin close to it. You're through? No. You want to get this herd to market? Well, so do all of us. There's a good way to Abilene, but you won't listen to that. No, you want to drive to Missouri when you got the high, low, and jack against you. I ain't through yet. This herd don't belong to you. It belongs to every poor, hoping, and praying cattleman in a whole wide state. I shouldn't have run away. I should have stayed and put a bullet in you. I signed the pledge, sure, but you ain't the man I signed it with. You finished? Yeah. Now you can get your Bible and read over us after you shoot us. I'm gonna hang you. No. No, you're not. What? You're not going to hang them. Who'll stop me? I will. Matt Garth 
has had enough and he's he's stops him from doing that but he's not he doesn't want to kill him because it's basically like his dad right i mean i mean he's grown up and this guy thomas dunston has raised him and he doesn't want to just outright kill him even though he's acting pretty crazy and uh, so then they, they spend the next several hundred miles watching their back because they know that he's going to, Thomas Dunson's going to be coming after them with a posse because he's basically kind of taken all the cattle and headed off in a different direction than yeah. they had planned. Yeah. They, uh, along the way, after they've split off and uh, they're headed to the nearer location, then they get into that big battle with the uh, Native Americans and that other wagon train group. Yeah. Wow. That was pretty realistic. I thought they Wasn't did a good job of staging that. I'm trying to think, you know, where they would have done that and what that would have cost because it was it was all real time. It looked like they had about 50 people on horseback circling that wagon train that had kind of circled up to protect themselves. And the a, a, a group of the cattle ranchers kind of ride in and, and help these settlers. And that's when they meet Tess Malay. And she's got a lot of fire. She's she's great. She I really does. liked her character. Glad you got here. They hit us about an hour ago. The others coming? Yeah, shouldn't take long. They're coming in. They're coming in from both sides of that slope. We're going out when they get here. Tell them, will you? Sure. Thanks for guns and a rifle. I'll get you out. She's not putting up with anything. She was a very anybody. strong character. I, I really appreciated that that we had a strong female character in this movie. She even gets shot with an arrow. Yeah, doesn't slow her down. A doesn't bit. slow her down at all. Yeah. So then, well, I guess her and Matt Garth kind of fall in love, but Matt has got to uh, keep this cattle drive going, and since uh, Tess has been injured with this. Uh, arrow she's kind of got to stay back and and heal but she does want to go with him and then we find out that thomas dunson is only like a day behind them and shows up uh, after this battle and then they have some pretty good words between tess malay and thomas dunson i thought because tess was like you need to get over yourself you love you love matt you can't go out and kill him so you stole that bracelet how did you get it would you really like to know, Mr. Dunson? How did you get it? I got it in the rain. Eight days ago. Before he took your herd across that river and left. I'm wondering whether to believe you. I don't care whether you do or not. I believe that. You want to hear more? Go ahead. It was raining. 
it hadn't rained, I wouldn't be here talking to you. He wouldn't be where you could find him to kill him. You still intend to kill him, don't you? Nothing you can say or do I is going to... I didn't say anything. I'll get you another drink. So he went off and left you. I didn't give him that much credit. You in love with him? I thought you'd ask that. Can a woman love a man who'd go off and leave her? Well, she... She should. I wanted to go with him. But he had work to do. He had to get your cattle to market. Said I wasn't strong enough to go, and... Nothing I could do or say would make him change his mind. But I wanted to go with him. I wanted him so much that... That you I... felt... Like you had knives sticking in you. Wasn't that scene kind of unusual when John Wayne's character is, is, is saying to Joanne Drew's character, you know, you look like a woman that could have children. <laughs> it was right. the strangest. She says, oh, we, we could have kids together. She's like, yeah, be kidding. But she kind of agrees to it, though, as long as, that, uh, as, long as Thomas uh, agrees not to kill Matt. And Thomas isn't going to agree to do that, so they so don't have they point. don't have a deal. <laughs> now I have to correct the uh, the uh, Native American that stole Walter Brennan, Brennan's teeth was was played by Chief Yalachi. Ah, okay. I had the wrong I had the wrong man. He was a pretty funny character in the movie, though. I liked him because he <laughs> he he was always given uh, Groot grief about different things you know mainly about his teeth but it was some other stuff too uh as they approach abilene and they come in uh the train the train stops and everybody's excited to see that many cattle because they hadn't had any beef in months hi howdy 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 we're looking for abilene mister i sure am glad to see you i sure am you go to abilene you're a sight to behold if you just tell us where Abilene would be, we'll get out of your way. Mister, let me sit here and feast my eyes. If you know how much we've been waiting for cattle and how welcome you are, you can sit on them tracks till kingdom come. All we want to do is get to Abilene. Don't rush me, mister. Don't rush me. But if you want to get there, you can take the shortcut there about 12 miles. Or you can follow the track. It's a little longer. Yeah, I reckon we'll take the shortcut. I'll wait all day here for you to cross. All right, let me keep Take your time. See you in Abilene. Hey, mister, can you fly that whistle? Sure can. And I, I really enjoyed the cattle buyer, Harry Carey, who seemed like an honest, honest broker, and uh, I can only assume as Mister Melville, who gave he gave a what seemed to be a really good price for that cattle in in that eighteen seventy period or whatever actual date it was. I mean, it's a lot of money. Well, and it was because they had been waiting for it seemed yeah. like quite a long time for cattle to actually show up, and this was the first of thousands of of drives along that trail i guess this was yeah. kind of like a not a documentary by any means but just sort of a take on what that would have been like to drive that many cattle a thousand miles you know through that countryside at the with all those dangers yeah and there were parts in the film because it was in black and white and and beautiful black and white photography that it 
looked a bit like a documentary where when they're moving the cattle and when they're getting on their way and getting stuff going. Well, there were some scenes where they were crossing the river where I thought, God, that that's they're actually crossing the river, you know, like yes. they had the they had the float the wagons across and then the the opposite bank was really steep and I was thinking to myself they're not going to be able to get up the opposite bank but then they did and so those scenes seemed really uh, realistic. I was looking at some of the notes. It uh, was made a little bit earlier than when it was released. It was filmed in 1946 and not released until 48. And I'm guessing that they had to do a lot of editing of the movie because it was filmed in so many locations and had so much to it. It was pretty long, too. I think it was over two hours long. So, Oh, I found a note on that. I, I wanted to mention that. Uh, the director, Howard Hawks, was not satisfied with the uh, kind of the draft of the film. And so he assigned Christian Nibi, Nibi to do the uh, re- re-editing of it. And that took a year. Oh, wow. And, and Christian Nibi, I hope I have that pronounced right, was the director of The Thing from Another World along with Howard Hawks. So I guess they must have been buddies working together. Hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of back room working on this film to get it ready to go a year of editing is expensive yeah especially since that was all a very manual process at the time no kidding you know another part of the film i liked was the rivalry between cherry valance and matt garth yeah because they were both sort of gunslingers in a way they they kind of had this little shootout when they first met where they were trying to keep a can in the air and i thought oh that's gonna come back later and cherry valance is going to like try to kill matt garth but that's not actually spoilers what happens um, no he, he actually kind of comes around and is a real big supporter of matt they were truly a couple of alpha dog gunfighters weren't they yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh the final scenes of the movie where there's that fight between thomas dunstan and matt garth is is uh, very well done there's that one shot where john wayne hits Montgomery Cliff, and, and, and he just falls, like, naturally to the ground. And I'm like, that had to hurt. It looked when real, it didn't the ground. it? It did. Yeah, it looked His really good. His hair flies back, and down he goes. Well, Man. my I think my favorite part of the whole movie, though, was when they had both sort of knocked each other out and fallen into that uh, wagon that had all those uh, different kinds of fabric and stuff on it. And then Tess Millay comes over and just starts chewing them out, both of them out, and just laying into them, and... Stop it, you fool. Stop it. Stop making a holy... Stop it, I said. I'm mad, good and mad, and who wouldn't be? You, Dunson, pretending you're going to kill him. Why, it's the last thing in the world you... Stay still, I'm mad, I told you. And you, Matthew Garth, getting your face all beat up and all bloody. You ought to see how... You ought to see how silly you look, like... Like something the cat drank. Stay still! What a fool I've been. Expecting trouble for days when, when anybody with half a mind would know you two love each other. It took somebody else to shoot you. He wouldn't do it. Are you hurt? No, just nick the fat. Then stay still. No, don't stay still. I changed my mind. Go ahead. Beat each other crazy. Maybe it'll put some sense in both of you. Go ahead. Go on. Do it. Use this. No, you can't. It's his. Basically making them both look and feel like fools because they were acting like fools. And there's that great line where uh, Wayne's character says to Cliff's character, you need to marry that woman. And Cliff says, will you ever stop giving people orders? <laughs> right, exactly. You know, 
<laughs> just shut up. And I think he said, well, that's the last one or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he does that thing where he says, well, I think you'll like this when we get back. I'm going to change the brand. Right. To include your name in the brand. That was, that was a good M ending. A, yeah, DM. So. Uh, one other thing I, I wanted to mention about the movie is it really impresses upon you as you're watching it how wide open and just un untamed that countryside was like when he finally f they're, they're trying to find a place to settle in texas and they get kind of real close to the rio grande river and he's looking out and saying everything i see is mine everything this is all yes. going to be my land and just the idea that you could you could come into a place like that and just say all this is going to be mine and he has to kind of fight off one of the mexican landlords that had also claimed that land but it didn't seem like that was a real big problem for him um, well you know it, it i i was driving from laramie to cheyenne wyoming saturday and it was as wide open as this film and i'm thinking you know you think of you live in a city like seattle or i'm in los angeles you think it's really crowded and, and highly developed and i was driving on interstate 80 there was nothing yeah for like 40 miles yeah. Except snow and wind. <laughs> so it's still pretty open in parts of the country, but it has to give that feeling of outdoors. I, I gave this movie a 9 out of 10 uh, on my scale. I, I, I uh, Again, I keep thinking about the ones we've done 10s on, and I think it's just a notch below that one. How about you? Yeah, I so, so thought it was a 9 out of 10 as well. It's not quite a 10, um, but it's definitely a 9 for me, and just really entertaining Really interesting story, fun, some fun scenes, some good drama. Yeah, a few a few things, a few parts of it dragged on a little bit, and it was a pretty long movie. And I, But I also di didn't find, other than the Native Americans, which, again, were just sort of like a stand-in as a generic sort of threat, uh, there weren't too many, like, stereotypical-type caricatures. Um, they, I, thought the, I thought the actors made it pretty authentic to you know, why they would be doing something and what their motivations would be. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. Well, uh, so that's our, I think that's our 71st podcast. Yeah. Oh, getting closer to a hundred. Close to a hundred. Yep. Um, so next podcast, we're going to do the quiet man, the quiet man. I really like this movie, John Wayne, Maureen O'Hare, and a cast of, of rough and tumble characters. Now I was thinking about the one after that. Um, what about Brannigan? Have you seen that movie where he plays the, detec the Chicago detective that goes to... I have. That's the one where he goes to England? England, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a fun movie. Yeah, I'd never seen that. He did another one the year before that called McHugh. Oh, McHugh, I've heard about that and one he, too. And he filmed that. That was filmed in Seattle. And it's fun to watch it because Seattle looks so different today than it did in 1970. Oh my gosh, okay. Two we or gotta, 74. We got to do that one. We got to do we McHugh. Could, we could do either one. All right, oh, I'll see. I'll see which one I can get a hold of, and then uh, we'll we'll do one of those. But that would be cool to see Seattle in the, is it the sixties, seventies? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking it's like the seventies, but I may not be quite correct. Remember the old J and M Cafe? Yeah, part of it is filmed in front of that, uh, and then allegedly or supposedly takes place in that cafe. Oh, how cool! A, and then they're they're at the old Coliseum. It's kind of a fun movie because when you live there, you're like. Boy, that doesn't look like that at all anymore. All right, that's that's our first choice for the one after the okay. quiet man. All I right, I believe it's McHugh. Yep, I think it is too. All, all righty, right, well, well, this is fun. 
Thanks for listening, everybody. This is Matt Johnson coming to you from Seattle. And Bob Johnson in Los Angeles wishing everybody happy movie watching. When we get back to the ranch, I want you to change the brand. It'll be like this. Red River D. We'll add an end to it. You don't mind that, do you? No. You've earned it. And then we're going to do The Quiet Man? Yeah. That's better than somebody that's a loud man. <laughs> Did you like this movie? I liked it a lot. It was really entertaining. Isn't it? And it gives it the... Well, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself. It gives the feeling of the out-of-doors. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. Like, I even like the stage sets where you could tell that there was like a painting in the background, but yeah. it made it feel kind of claustrophobic at night. I like I actually like those parts too.